Acts 17, 24 through 27. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. I want to tell you the story of my friend Rachel, who just recently became a believer in Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Uh, Rachel just finished her freshman year of college. In her elementary school year, she was around the church, but hadn't been involved since then until coming to college. And uh, when she got there her freshman year, some of her doormates invited her to come with them to their church. It was early in the semester, and so she went along because, you know, why not? She wasn't out searching for a church, but she was just along for the ride. She was around Matthias for a couple of months and even actually came to our lot family once. As the year went on, she found herself letting freshman year become what it becomes for a lot of people. Uh, She was partying and drinking. Because of all that, she felt like she was really not good enough to be around the church anymore. In her eyes, she wasn't living up to the standards that she was supposed to hold. So she no longer was involved. On the 4th of July, I got a text from Rachel nine months after I had met her at Lot Family once and then never talked to her again. Basically, basically, she said, I've been away from the church, and I don't know how to come back. So she asked if we could meet up and, and talk about everything going on in her life. Turns out a friend of mine uh, was talking to her at this 4th of July party that she was at and encouraged her to reach out to me. So when we met to talk, she told me her story, coming to college, coming to church, leaving church, getting into the party scene, and how she was not happy with what she was doing and who she was becoming. But she felt like because of the sin in her life, it meant she wasn't good enough to be a part of the church. So I asked her what she knew about Jesus, and basically she knew stories about who he was, but had never really heard or at least understood the gospel and who Jesus, the person, God, really was. So I got to tell her that none of us are good enough, not just her. But that's why Jesus came to earth and died on the cross, to reconcile us to the Father, to do something for us that we couldn't do ourselves. And during that conversation, she heard and understood the gospel, forgiveness, repentance, freedom, and grace all for the first time. I've been so impacted by getting to see this story unfold in the last couple weeks. And there are a lot of things I believe we can draw from Rachel's story as we seek to be on mission on our campuses. I mentioned briefly in the first seven campus podcasts that it can be very tempting for college students and anyone to idolize and really, uh, in some senses, lust after what your life is going to be in 10 years and want to have it now. A lot of the questions we try to answer in college, who will I marry and where will I live and should I date this person and what job am I going to have and what will my kids be like and how many will I have and all those kinds of things, we want to know those answers now. And we want that life now. It causes people to believe that the life they have right now is not sufficient. 
life won't be really complete and I can't be content until I achieve the things God is planning for me five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now. God desires those things for you, but for you five years from now and 10 and 20. Check out our passages, our passage from Acts 17. God determines the periods and boundaries of their dwelling places meaning God is sovereign over when and where you live. And he is sovereign over you living in your dorm right now and being at the school and the city you are in right now and the hallway you are in right now or apartment or house or whatever. He is sovereign over you being there right now. And verse 27 says, You are there so that you might seek God and find him and find that he is already near to you. So he determined that you'd be there, and he determined why you would be there. What's cool about this is that the same is true not just about you, but about those around you. Your roommate, the girl across the hall, your teammate on the football team. God has determined in his sovereignty that they would be in this place at this time, so that they would seek him and find him. And that's why I love Rachel's story. It's a clear illustration of her being placed by God at a time, in a location, that he would use to lead her to himself. And there are so many things that are specific to the college season that were dominoes to her, to, in her story that had to fall. First, there is never a time in your life outside of college when you will have easier access to an entire community of people. Dorm life and other things that are commonplace amongst college students, even if you don't live in a dorm, singleness and no full-time job and, and things like this, allow for really unique opportunities to engage the community around you. When I was at school in Colorado uh, during my college time, I was a part of a group called the Trash Club. It was like 10 dudes, and every Tuesday we would go to every dorm room on campus and bust in and collect their trash and take it to the dumpster for them. We would do ridiculous stuff and chants and everyone knew we were coming same time every week and we would be loud and telling jokes and singing songs and we never knocked. We just barged in after standing in the hall and screaming for three minutes. And geez, seriously, did we walk in on some interesting things. Uh, But that's another story. So, you know, we were just being goofy and doing it as a service to our fellow students. But Could you imagine going up and down a neighborhood street every Tuesday and barging into people's homes and taking their trash? You would literally get shot. Like, literally get shot breaking into somebody's house. There are opportunities that college life affords you that you won't have any other time, at least most likely. Rachel went with her friends to their church the first weeks of freshman year just because it was what people were doing. She wasn't necessarily in search of a church, or Jesus, but as a new freshman, a relationship was huge. And it was easier, easy for her dorm mates to invite her into what they were doing simply because it was easy for her to go along with the flow. So the easy access to community is huge when you're in college. Second, because of the easy access to community, that means you have lots of people around you that are also believers and are also on the same mission as you. It was multiple people in her dorm that introduced Rachel to Matthias and others who invited her to Lot family and another guy that met her at the 4th of July party and then he connected her to me 
And each of the people all through that story had a part to play and were in it together, even if they weren't thinking about it that way. You are surrounded with the opportunity to be on mission with other believers. Get on the same page and invite others to spend time with you at worship gatherings or eating lunch in the cafeteria or going to the movie or at your dorm Bible study or whatever. College students love to be around other college students. It's one of the things they do best. So you can help create environments along with other believers for that. Together as believers, be praying for your dorm and campus and friends together. Knowing that others are praying with you and for the same things can be so encouraging. So be looking for other believers, allies in the mission, and encourage each other. Pray for and with each other and represent the body together. Third, don't be afraid of real conversations. College is a time when people are seeking answers to questions and learning a lot of things for themselves. Some of the greatest conversations come at 1 a.m. as the night is winding down and the last few people are sitting around and finally are comfortable enough with each other to actually talk about real stuff. And 1 a.m. conversations happen in college more than any other time in your life. Rachel was willing, willing to reach out to me and tell me about what was going on in her life, but I also had to ask some deep questions. What specifically is a struggle for you right now? Why is it that you think that getting back into the church is going to be good for you? What do you know about Jesus? Just because someone thinks they want to be around the church and that church is a good thing, don't take for granted that they know who Jesus is. Rachel didn't. And when I asked her, she wasn't offended. She was willing to tell me that. It doesn't mean you always have to have every answer. It's okay not to. But don't shy away from real conversation and asking real questions and sharing the real gospel when your fellow college students are longing for it. They're looking for someone to ask them what is really on their minds and hearts and actually want to hear what they have to say. The college years can be full of transitions and growth and preparation for the future, but that doesn't mean there aren't opportunities and mission to be a part of during those years. Most of the believers I know can relate some part of their testimony back to the t their time in college. So be joyful that God has determined that you would be in this place at this time for the good things he is calling you to walk in right now. It's a unique opportunity for community that you might never have again. We'll talk more about all these things when we gather Thursday, July 13th at the Matthias office building at 6.30 p.m. Hope to see you all there. Love you.